with me, I'm fine. Coming up, Ensign Rutherford's alter ego takes over his body and wreaks havoc aboard the Cerritos. Give me back my body. This is my body. Will he be able to regain control or will he forever be a prisoner in his own mind? Starfleet, get your Starfleet. Prepare yourself for Warp 10 excitement. Meanwhile, Mariner and Boimler are stuck on Starfleet recruitment duty as they endure insult after insult. I'm about to shove one of those artifacts up your ass. <laughs> Don't, just stay focused. Can Mariner keep it together or will her quick temper get her demoted? Oh, shut up! All of this and more coming up on the Lower Decks edition of Energize. 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 We're satirically going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Lower Decks Edition podcast, your source for hilarious analysis, colorful debate, and fun discussions about adventures of Ensign Beckett Mariner and the USS Cerritos Lower Decks crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Rutherford's past pays him an unexpected and frightful visit. While Mariner and Boimler take Starfleet recruitment to the next level. Here's a Warp Speed recap of Episode 5 of Star Trek Lower Decks, Reflections. Ow! You okay, Rutherford? Man, you look white. Uh, I haven't slept in a week. I keep having the same crazy nightmare. Looks like you've got some long-term memories stuck in the buffer. Ah, oh, my f***ing head. Holy moly. What the heck is happening here? Hey, hey, let me out of here. Hey, you, give me back control of my body. Psst. Nah, dude, this is my body. You already effed it up. Rutherford, are you okay? <sighs> let me take a look at your implant. Get away from me, I'm fine. Ah! <sighs> Ensign to Sipe, I need an emergency medical team on deck 11. Ensign Rutherford is still himself, but his memory and personality are from a decade ago. So, we're both us. I mean, me. But if you take over, won't I get erased? Yeah, only one of us can walk out of here. We have to choose. And I choose me! All right, Steve. So, this week, we got some backstory on Ensign Rutherford and an actual juicy one. Yeah, I I really loved this episode. I, I like it when they talk about one character and when they do it in Star Trek and we get some some stuff uh, that we didn't know about them. And for Rutherford, he's such an enigma to me. He's always just kind of this one-note guy. And all of a sudden, we just get this huge, huge insight into who he is and his past and everything. Yeah, because he always comes across as this really, really just really nice guy. But we really, right. we've never really gotten anything about his past uh, other than... Right. Clearly, he had some kind of accident because he's got uh, implants, uh, cybernetic implants. Well, yeah, and, and what were those about, and how did he get them, and were they by choice, and is he, you know, is he made that way? Is he actually human? Like, what's his deal? Yep, so today we got those answers. Come on, keep it together. So the show starts off with Rutherford having a nightmare, and in that dream, he's trying to prevent a, war, a maybe a warp core explosion. I don't know, some kind of explosion. And if you look really, some really disaster, yeah, yeah. And if you look really, really close, there's a reflection on the uh, comms panel, and 
you see that he doesn't have any implants. He has both eyes. Right. No, no visor. And, you know, obviously with everything that, that, you know, these showrunners do, everything is put there for a reason. Nothing's thrown away. So we know that that's going to play into the show. Yep. So it has an explosion and then it goes right to the show. And so you're just like, okay, all right, yeah. something's up. This yeah, is going like to be 10 good. 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. It was a real it was quick. It really great. Yeah, it was a real quick, I yeah. think probably their quickest cold open. Uh, the recruitment booth, no. Well, someone's got to do it. Uh, do they? Because last time I checked, nobody's ever signed up for Starfleet at the recruitment booth. I did. You're not helping. Sorry. And then we open the show and it's Captain's Log and the Cerritos is at Telgana 4. And their mission there is updating Federation consulates' power systems. You know, pretty typical stuff. Yeah, just a straightforward job. Nothing spectacular there. But uh, Mariner finds out that she's been assigned to Star to a Starfleet recruitment booth, and I think this is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's great, and and she has to do it because here comes Ransom again, and he's telling her, "You have to do this and get down there and don't screw it up." Yeah, because she's kind of blowing it off. She's not really into it right. and doesn't want to do it. She wants yeah. to be you know, assigned to something else. And I think it's really, really funny that Starfleet has recruitment booths. And for me, uh, the summer before my, um, the summer before my freshman year in college, there was this recruiter who called me every week. Now I had a, I had an orchestra scholarship, so I was, I was doing fine and I was definitely right. going to school, but this recruiter called me every week to see if I was still going to go to college. It was the funniest thing. I was like, yep, wow. I'm, I'm still going. Um, but I'm definitely going to college. Yeah. yeah. And so um, recruiters are pretty aggressive. So it's funny that Starfleet's doing the same. Yeah. And I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. We've been to the Academy. We've you know seen all kinds of insights into the cadets but yeah never recruitment so that was it, it made for such a hilarious b story too it was really great yeah uh, ow. Are you okay rutherford man you look wiped uh, i haven't slept in a week i keep having the same crazy nightmare looks like you've got some long-term memory stuck in the buffer want me to purge the cash yes anything to help me sleep and so, um, you know, Mariner and Boimler get on the shuttle and they head out. But Rutherford is there yeah. working and you can tell that he hasn't slept and he's really off. He's really stressed out and, and confesses such. You know, I just haven't slept in a week and I'm really exhausted and it's hard for him. Yeah. And so, you know, Tindy checks him out because, you know, Tindy works in the medical wing uh, um, of the ship right. and, of, and she gives him a scan. And she detects that there are long-term memories in his buffer. And, you know, Tindy tries to delete them. Right. So she's like, if I'll just clear this cash out and you'll be right as rain. So she does it. Yeah. And so. And, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, please. Uh, and the thing here is, is I've always wondered about Rutherford and his memories. Because remember, at the end of season one, he was in that tragic accident when uh, Shaq sacrificed himself aboard the Packlet ship and pulled out his implant. Right. And then his memory right. was erased. Yeah. And he had to start and over. That, and we, yeah, we, t we tend to think like, okay, so that's possible. Like he's got mostly a brain, but that implant's going to be able to affect his, his memory. And you know that they're not going to throw that story away. And now we're looking at it. Now we're seeing that story. 
Yeah, so I mean, it just opens up the door because now I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued by what's what yeah. residual memories does he have? You know, because if he's a robot, yeah. it kind of reminds me of like RoboCop. Remember, they tried to clean him, yes. but he had residual yes. memories of his life with his family and his time before he was murdered. Basically, it's it's funny that you chose RoboCop. I ca- I had more of a Wolverine kind of vibe <laughs> going on there, but we could talk. We could talk about that later because there's some other stuff that comes up in it. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Is the booth not exciting enough for you? Yeah, actually, it's the worst, and I'm really glad you said something. Can we get a different assignment, please? I don't care if you like it. That's not the point. No, the point is to give us work nobody cares about so the captain can tick off a meaningless box. So uh, Mariner and Boiler go down to the go down to the surface. Obviously, Mariner's not excited about it. Boiler doesn't seem to care too much. Um, they're going to... They're going to be there on recruitment day and having to work this booth. And they've got all this stuff for the booth. It's a typical booth. If you so much as step one foot out of that booth, I will transfer you to Starbase 80. Starbase 80? Don't joke about that. Starbase 80 is the worst. Yeah. And now Mariner, what was really interesting was when Ransom jumped down his, jumped down her throat about you know doing this task, he threatened that if she didn't do it right, that she'd be sent to this remote Starbase Starbase 80. And it was the first time that right. I ever saw her react in that way. She literally straightened up because that's, that was a huge threat. Yeah, so like I, I was scanning my own brain as to Starbase 80. Have, has this ever been part of any story? And I don't recall it at all. Are you familiar with Starbase 80? Is this a new thing? No, I know nothing about Starbase 80. So I was like, just like yeah. you, trying to go back into my uh, memory banks and try to figure out, has this popped up in um, in any other storylines across the Star Trek series? But uh, nothing to my recollection. Uh, maybe it's just uh, a dreadful place to go. Yeah. And I think like to your original point, it really showed how he really shook her in a way that we hadn't seen before. He, he kind of got her goat there, you know? Yeah, and I think that when uh, Captain Freeman assigned her to Ransom, that was probably the best thing that she ever did. Yeah, as a mother and as a captain. Yes, exactly, exactly. Ah, oh, my f***ing head. Did I even go out last night? Wait, what's going on here? Ugh, those are the ugliest nacelles I've ever seen. And who put the engineering down there? That's stupid. So we 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 find Rutherford sleeping, um, and he appears to be you know there's there's some kind of short or something in his visor. Yeah, and all of a sudden it goes from that typical blue to this menacing red. Yep, and then Rutherford gets out of bed and he sounds different. He's like angry, irritated, but he's also cocky and more yeah. sure of himself. He's like actually like bad boy cool. Yeah, and and it, and the voice is different. And and again, this is so in line with. Trek because it you know a lot of the episodes are about how some alien presence or some alien thought can get into your brain and change you you know I mean we've seen everything from Geordi becoming a lizard to people becoming children you know (laughs) the Captain Picard was made a teenager once and I mean all of these uh, transformations and such a staple in Star Trek and they're doing it here and I liked it because we weren't sure if he was you know uh, if it was a shortness system or something else we just don't know yeah and the great thing about it is it's actually more plausible because he is cybernetic so you know is yep. this a software flaw or you know uh, right. or major malfunction we don't know and so uh, he, right. you know 
this version of Rutherford, who I'm calling Cocky Rutherford, um, yeah, so <laughs> Cocky Rutherford like is like walking around. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know why he has these implants. Right. And um, so he takes a look out the window and bashes the ship. What is this, California class? Once again, we're bashing the Cerritos. Right, of course. Um, and that surprised me, too, because that's when I did think it was an alien. Like, someone has taken over his body because they're new to, to Rutherford's experience. Holy moly. What the heck is happening here? Hey, hey, let me out of here. Hey, you, give me back control of my body. Psst, nah, dude, this is my body. You already have to up. You know, like, well, what is this? Where, where are we? Uh, I'm going to trash this. And he's like, no, don't do that. No, he's trying to stop him the whole time. Yep, yep, um, yep. Um, what I call Righteous Rutherford is what I'm calling him. Oh my God, you're so funny. <laughs> righteous Rutherford, you know, appears in a reflection in the mirror and he's t- arguing with, with cocky Rutherford. And it's clear that, you know, Righteous Rutherford doesn't have his body anymore. Yeah. And he's stuck in this this panel, like we saw in the in the teaser. And... <laughs> You know, the, the, the cocky Rutherford is, is messing with the mind of righteous Rutherford. And I, I love that they're arguing because then, then we find out immediately that somehow he has split himself. This is like when Riker split, you know, in Next Generation. And we've, se- we've seen that too. Uh, but, but righteous Rutherford is stuck in this glass world, reflection world, where he can't have a physical body. And he's forced to watch while cocky Rutherford is, you know, going to take over and they start, you know, they start arguing about it. And he's like, please don't do this. Yeah. And, and once again, cocky Rutherford is like, what is this device on my face? So you're just like yeah. going, hmm, OK, this could go in a number of directions. Do you have to go to Starfleet Academy to work on a ship? Ah, thank you for asking. No, not at all. You can enlist as an NCO and then go to the Tech Services Academy on Mars. You could work in a transporter bay. How about that? Hey, pal, you're signing up for seven years in a windowless room. Wait, really? Don't listen to her. The ships have, like, tons of windows. It's, like, practically a greenhouse, right? It's just not, like, every single room. Okay, so back down on the planet, we're at the recruitment booth. Mariner and Boimler are there, and uh, it's a very funny situation because they're in this little blue booth and they're part of this whole job fair thing and there's this woman next to them who's kind of like chill and 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 all of that but and we get into her in a minute but like mariner's definitely feeling the pressure of having to do this right and like actually recruit people and it's taking her off yeah and this archaeologist is undermining her sales pitch so you have these people that are coming up hey can i uh can I fly a ship or, you know, if I get, if I join Starfleet and she's, you know, trying to sit, you know, do her sales pitch. Yeah. Are there windows? She throws it on. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. For some people, maybe the officers, but get ready to live in a, a, a windowless room for the next four years. And they're like, bye-bye. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, automatically, you that's know, great. that there's going to be, you know, friction between the two of them and that, that's going to carry, carry out throughout this episode. Hey there, pretty lady. Hey, Rutherford, what's no, up? No, no, don't I talk mean, to her. everything now that I ran into you. Chill, huh? Those spots go all the way down. Excuse me? Barnes, call the captain. He's an alien or something. We go right back to Rutherford on the ship. Um, now, our cocky Rutherford is, you know, hitting on, on this woman that Righteous Rutherford's liked for, I think it's been four years. They've been, it was, oh no, four dates. We, got, we went on four dates. I didn't know that he went on four dates. Yeah, I didn't know he was dating. You know, I you know, always yeah. thought that, you know, it was a Tindy thing. But I guess they've, you know, they're yeah. friends. So that's when 
righteous Rutherford gets fooled into, tricked into, or just vulnerably mentions Tindy, who is, you know, his special friend. And righteous Rutherford, or cocky Rutherford's like, who? Who's that? I want to see that. Yep. So he he locates her on the ship. Rutherford, are you okay? Uh, let me take a look at your implant. Get away from me. I'm fine. Ah! Intendi to sickbay. I need an emergency medical team on deck 11. So he goes to meet her because he wants to, you know, see who this is, right? And he doesn't know who it is. She picks up immediately that it's not Rutherford. And um, she starts to scan him. And he doesn't, want to, he doesn't want any part of that. So he throws her down on the ground and takes off. And she's like, okay, something's up. She calls for the medical team because she knows something's happening here. Yeah, and it's a good pickup on, you know, Tindy's part because this is her friend and she's constantly been engaged in his health, especially since the accident after the Packlet battle. And so uh, right. so she calls, you know, the medical team. So I'm just like, oh, boy, it's on now. And it's interesting that it's medical, not security, too. So she knows that there's something going on with him you know, physiologically, he's not a bad guy. Exactly, exactly. So anything that he does that's aggressive is going to be out of character. So it was a good pickup on her part. You know, lady, if you are really dedicated to the pursuit of knowledge, then you're kind of limiting yourself by not being in Starfleet, actually. Oh, actually, I was in Starfleet. Petra Aberdeen. Graduated the academy, did a tour in the fleet before wising up and getting out. So we get back down to the planet and uh, Mariner and the archaeologists are going at it. I mean, it's just like every at every turn, uh, Mariner's sales pitches are being undermined. Right. And you're thinking, well, how does this this archaeologist know all this? And she admits she was once in Starfleet. And that just oh, my God, that just ticks Mariner off so much. Yeah, and what was really, really uh, interesting about this is that we've known Mariner to just be kind of this reckless character who kind of haphazardly, because of her actions, goes from ship to ship to ship. And in this moment, because she's trying to defend Starfleet, you do understand that that there is a core there, and there is loyalty to Starfleet. Just like you would be loyal to your crazy parent, right? And her mom is captain. It's in her blood, her, you know, her... Her her mother's a, a captain. She's she grew up. Yeah, it's definitely part of her. Yeah, and her dad's an admiral. So like yeah, that. it runs through her, like you said. Come on, come on, come on! Dogana Four has an ion field. Transporter won't get a solid lock. You know that, Baby Bear. Unless you aren't you. <laughs> My nickname's Baby Bear. That's stupid. So okay, we go back to the ship and we find Cocky Rutherford trying to get off the ship, trying to beam out if he can. He runs to the to the, um, the, the transporter room. Uh, but Shax shows up um, and reminds him that he can't beam down to the planet because of a- atmospheric interference. So uh, cocky Rutherford falls for this. And he, he beams over to something that I was so thrilled to see, and that's the captain's yacht. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what the captain's yacht is... Um, I knew this when I got the Starfleet technical manual for the Enterprise D, and the Enterprise E actually used the captain's yacht. It is a, it's the captain's actual own shuttle that is always nestled at the bottom of the saucer section, right in the middle there, and it detaches and goes down. So I love that they use that. It's just another wonderful Easter egg. And, and again, for, for those listening, if you didn't know what the captain's yacht is, you should look it up because it, it's, it's rarely talked about or used. And I love that they did that. Yeah. The last time we saw the uh, captain's yacht, I think was in Star Trek. 
Nemesis, yeah. They went down to the planet to investigate data before, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So when he's uh, beams onto the shuttle, uh, he's getting ready to take off, and um, Shaq shows up. Shaq's was right there, and he's like, can't go, baby bear. He calls him baby bear. <laughs> <laughs> baby bear. And then I'm thinking, okay, so last week he's we find out he's having sex with a cat, and now he's calling Rutherford Baby Bear, and I'm wondering, is there a connection here? Is there something going on? I, I, is that his son? Like, Yeah, that's a really good question. But maybe it just had to do with the fact that, remember, he sacrificed himself you know, during the yeah, Packlet battle yeah. and, and pushed him into the, the shuttle and, and saved his life. Ensign Rutherford is still himself, but his memory and personality are from a decade ago. It's almost like a backup overwrote his brain. Oh, cerebral activity's high. Something's going on in there. We'll just have to wait and see which Rutherford wakes up. So they get him over to sickbay, which is crucial. And I, again, I love that they're not throwing him in the brig. They're they're taking care of him. And, and this is all Tendi doing that. She, she took care of him. And they discover pretty quickly that uh, his memories from over a decade ago have overwritten his brain. So it's like... When when she, when Tindy cleared out his cache, she kind of cleared out everything, and the old stuff that was in the way back files came to life and started to take over. Yeah, so I, I take it his brain's been partitioned, and that partition has broken down. And and I think you and I got this at the same time, and everyone did. Okay, now we get it. He's just a younger version. That's who Cocky Rutherford is. Yeah, he's really actually really really cool, and and you can see the cockiness comes through comes through, and that's why I called him Cocky Rutherford because he's just like yeah, and because really, he's younger, yeah, you know, he's a younger version without all the pain and the heartache and all this stuff. And but then this whole new mystery starts to build, which is fantastic. Which is okay. Well, well, where did he come from? And maybe why doesn't young Rutherford have implants? And where do they come from? And we start to see images of the past. This is where I had the Wolverine revelation. Like, you know, when Wolverine was turned into Wolverine at Alkali Lake, you know, it's yep. the same thing. Yep, exactly. His, his memory was wiped, you know? Yeah, and it's really, really cool. So clearly something catastrophic happened. And at this point, I'm like going, this dude's so cocky that probably yeah. it was at his own hand. What if someone asks why he hasn't? We programmed that in. He'll think it was elective. You tried to erase all the memories that made us cool, but it didn't work. The brain is more complicated than that, and it kept my cool ass stored away. Then we get this new reveal, which we see these two men are operating on him. And we hear one of them say, you know, what if someone asks why he has this this implant? They'll, they'll say they'll program the implant to, to make um, Rutherford believe that it was elective surgery. You know, so they're like, how is he going to do that? And they're, they're like, wipe his memory. Right. So this was a this was a this was an alkali lake kind of kind of thing. This was done to him. But and it, so it wasn't elective. Yeah. I mean, it was a major reveal. And I was just like, OK, so it just it, the plot thickens, you know, and it's just like, OK, yeah. there are others involved, other ranking people. And maybe they, maybe he was on some kind of mission. Maybe it was illegal. Who knows? You know, Rutherford, Righteous Rutherford wanted to know why hadn't he taken over before then? And he's like, dude, I have been. I've been trying. Why do you think your implant's always malfunctioning? And then I was like, oh, yes, yes. his implant has always so malfunctioned. Great. And so there's the reason why. So it was a nice payoff there. Which tells me that they probably wrote this story for Rutherford three years ago, yeah. three seasons ago, right? When they started, like someday we're going to reveal this guy and what happened to him. Yeah. And 
this is the beauty of this is they're not it's not just funny there's some good pithy stories here i'm really now like this might be my favorite episode so far of lower decks i just thought it was just really well done what is this place anyway this is our garage man we used to sneak off from the academy to build our sick racing ships here that's cool but why the sneaking because of stupid starfleet they never let us test our own engines uh, so righteous rutherford and cocky rutherford you know are now fighting for control of the of rutherford's body and so they challenge each other it's a to contest a yeah a contest yeah it's, it's a contest to see it's like it's like pink slips whoever wins Gets to have the body. <laughs> Fast and so furious. Off they, <laughs> so off they go. They go. They go into their. They 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 shut out the, each other from their rooms and they start to build stuff. And uh, righteous Rutherford, you know, starts with this shape, and you're like, that looks familiar. And it's a replica of the Delta Flyer from Voyager. Uh, the, the Tom Paris's design, you know, from Voyager. It was really cool. Oh yeah, it was a good throwback. <laughs> Oh, great. The Collector's Guild. <laughs> well, look at this. Words getting around you little ensigns can't leave the booth. The only thing you two collect is dust. Oh, <laughs> now that was collectible. Yeah, well, that was dumb, and you should hate yourself. So there. And then meanwhile on the planet, uh, more, pe- more and more people are just teasing Mariner about Starfleet. And and she's getting yeah. more and more, you know, bent out of shape about it. But... You know, Boimler keeps pulling her back. You know, stay on task, stay at the booth, because she can't step away from the booth. Ransom has told her. So she's exercising a lot of restraint for a change. And and Boimler, who's kept his cool, starts to get ticked off because people are giving him a hard time. They're, like, messing with his uniform and pulling at it and stuff. And um, and Boimler, then Boimler loses it. He just loses it, giving everybody, just screaming at everybody about uh, Starfleet and, and their role in their lives and how important it's been. I, I thought that was a brilliant moment. And I, the moment that yeah. lady uh, took his um, his uh, rank pin off of his lapel, I mean, yeah. that yeah. that set him off. And I, and I get that. I get that. And, you know, I've been part of organizations that I'm really proud of. And then somebody tries to diss on it. You know, I'm a frat guy. And, um, yeah. and I've been a part of, you know, serious organizations. And when people come in and disrespect it without trying to understand it really ticks you off. So he had enough and he just went off and just started telling everybody. He's like, what, what, what? We protect you from this, this, and this. Why you do this, this, and this? I mean, he was just yeah. going at it. Without Starfleet, none of you would exist. We don't want to protect you from the Klingons and the Borg. We just want to explore and study f***ing quasars. But you know what? It's the right thing to do. Go get back in the booth. What if Phantom shows up? Stupid f***ing truthers, you hate the truth. You're just a bunch of pathetic, gossipy weirdos. And as this whole thing's going on, and Boimler's going nuts, the archaeologist slips away a little bit and goes off to that building that's behind. Yeah, yeah. Behind I mean, them. there was always something about her that just was just a little yeah. too smooth. Last man standing takes off, bro. We're on power to have shields. Let's put some space between us and that cruiser. Ha. What are you, talking to yourself? Nope talking to my crew we come back to the race and um it's underway and you know they're kind of tit for tat and you know righteous rutherford is in the flyer and cocky rutherford is in that souped up it looks like it's got the double you know it's got the nacelles there and and they're doing pretty well somehow cocky rutherford gets ahead and the next thing you know an alien ship shows up right in their lane 
and starts attacking them. And you can see that uh, Cocky Rutherford has been bloodied. He's bleeding from the head and um, he's in yeah. trouble. He's in real trouble. So I wasn't sure what was going on here. I didn't know if this was a simulation or if they were actually doing this because it was a full-on Romulan warbird ship. I mean, like a full complement of weapons and stuff. And it's it's shooting at this little shuttle, which, of course, is going to get atta- get damaged. Yeah. That was real, right? No, it was all in their head. This whole thing has been in Rutherford's head. That's where I got confused because I was like, well, how is the Romulan ship showing up and how is he getting damaged? Like injured. Yeah, it, it was just a world that they created. Because remember, there was a certain point when they he conjured up um, a tricorder or something, and he and then uh, oh, yeah. uh, Righteous yeah. Rutherford, you know, conjured up a tool. So it's in their head. Right. This so is, this is all going while he's laying down in sick bay. Not sure. Not sure. Yeah, I was I was really confused. Um, but as Cocky Rutherford gets in his ship gets severely damaged and then it explodes um righteous rutherford you know beams him out saves him and then that whole vision ends and it turns out as you said it was just a you know a made-up thing and cocky rutherford admits that that you know um that righteous rutherford was is the man that he's glad he grew into yeah and that he should have control of their body I guess Starfleet taught you something after all. No, 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 don't, no, don't say that. Just hang in there, okay? You're, you're gonna be okay. We just need to engineer a solution. And... <gasps> I, I just remembered how we got the implant. Remember. And then, it, it, yeah. and then in a split second, he uh, remembers what what took place, and he puts his hand up to, uh, you know, Righteous Rutherford's head, a la uh, Star Trek, the uh, Star Trek Graphicon. Th- remember, two. remember, of course. yep. And and then we see and, and we see what actually happens. It was happened. just so great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that. This was the moment where I just I sat up and I was like, oh my god, this is so great. Just, just that that remember moment. And that's when you can hear someone saying, this will set us back years. And um, we see a high-ranking official officer being asked how much Rutherford's memory needs to be erased. This is all the the, um, the setback. He was damaged. He, his face, Half his face was severely damaged. And that's why they had to put that uh, implant on him. And you can tell it's this is like super off the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was an experiment that was completely unsanctioned. And some high-ranking yeah. officials pulling all the strings, and he's a shadow face. So that lets me know that this story, we haven't heard the last of this. There's more to this story, and we're going to find out eventually, hopefully, that uh, who it is, who did this, and what was their mission. I really want to know, because, you know, the shadow government, or for lack of a better word, shadow operation in Starfleet and Star Trek for the last... 55 years has been section 31 it's it's permeated every series and i'm wondering if this is a section 31 thing then rutherford comes back as we have come to know him he's righteous rutherford wins and uh cocky rutherford concedes and kind of dies a la star wars (laughs) he just fades away yeah yeah he just fades away he becomes a phantom but i think that also means that his his programming won't be able to come back because I think as he died and he agreed to, he went away, went away. So, but the memory stay. We may not see him again. 
Yeah, the memory's there, but we may not be able to see. It'll be enough for, you know, I, I, in other words, it would be great to have Cocky Rutherford come back and help help Righteous Rutherford figure out what happened. But but Cocky Rutherford knows, so we shouldn't have him back. It would, wouldn't help. Yeah, and, and, and Righteous Rutherford did offer to merge so they could have the best of the best, but um, Cocky Rutherford conceded and said, no, yeah. be with your friends. Yeah. This is a better version of you. I meant what I said, Ensign. You knowingly disobeyed a direct order. Are you going to send me to Starbase 80? Oh, God, no. That place is a hellhole. You're just going to spend a night in the brig. Wow, I've never been sent to the brig before. I hope you don't think less of me. We go back to Ransom. This is, we're, we're wrapping up our B story here. And Boimler's uh, told by Ransom that he actually respects him for defending Starfleet, but he's got to spend one day in the brig. They're walking down the hall. He's like, as soon as you get out, we're going to have a drink and talk about it. Which is what he wants anyway. Because remember, Boimler lives to rub shoulders with the uh, the ranking officers. Absolutely. And so this gives him that yep. opportunity. So, you know, bold, yep. bold Boimler, I, I suppose. <laughs> and we find out why this, why was this archaeologist in this story? Turns out that she wanted that distraction of either Boimler or or Mariner getting upset enough to cause a distraction so she could go and steal an artifact. Exactly. And the archaeologist kind of said, hey, you know, I see the potential in you. You're, you're an independent thinker. You know, maybe you should join me when you're fed up, fed up with uh, playing by the rules. And here's the thing about that. I, I think I, I, I think this is a, a long game with this story. First of all, we know that Mariner likes girls and it could be that she's attracted to this girl and this girl's attracted to her. And maybe at the end of this series, in a couple more years, three three years from now, maybe she does. Maybe this is part of her arc. I, I think they're doing a lot more in this show than just making jokes. Exactly, exactly. And, it's and actually I'm layered. so impressed by it. Yeah, the writers are yeah. doing a really good job. They're think, it, 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 yeah. It's by telling the story of Rutherford, you can see that, yeah. you know, there are things that are motivated. And they, they take their yeah. time for it to play out because... This whole cyborg thing, you know, all kind of started back in season one, you know, and you're, you're just getting some payoffs here and there and they're leaving the breadcrumbs. So we'll see how it all plays out. Well, Anthony, another a great week, but uh, we want to definitely tell our favorite moment of this episode. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to you to, to tell me first, what's your favorite moment of this episode? Well, I had to. I had to. I loved it when uh, Boimler, my number two moment is Boimler, you know, having his meltdown. I just cracked up. He just went off because he's always so controlled. He's such a, you know, always been such a, a kiss ass. So to see him go off Mariner style, I liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. Uh, I, I like that, too. I only have one favorite. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Um, I, I have to say that, you know, in in the sense of this being Rutherford's episode, and the whole thing was so impressive to to make it that Wolverine type story. And that moment when cocky Rutherford puts his hands on righteous Rutherford and says, remember, and and there's this connection there. It, for me, it took the series from interesting, well done comedy to wow, this is really something. This is a real series. I'm really digging this. And that kind of changed the series for me. I take it much more seriously. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they went deeper, and I I, do, I really appreciate that. I 100% agree with you. And you know, of course, that's my number one. That was the lead of this 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 whole entire episode. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more. I think it's going to be really really great. All right, well that wraps up this lower decks edition of Energize. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more of our episodes, whether that whether that be lower decks or strange new worlds check us out at www.energizepodcasts.com that's podcast with an s.com thanks for listening i'm anthony mclemore i'm steve truitt live long and prosper 